You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 40. Hey guys, welcome to Live 360. Today we're talking about avoiding the passion assassins, and uh, we spent the last two episodes uh, covering five ways that we can avoid the passion assassins. Um, One of those ways, the first way we talked about was plugging into life. Number two was pursuing right relationships. Number three was pull away from distractions. Number four was praise others often. Number five was practice good habits, uh, financial and health habits, uh, sleep habits. Today, we're going to finish off with four more ways to avoid the passion assassins and want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review and share it with one or two other people in your life that are going to need to hear what you're about to hear today. So let's jump into four more ways to avoid the passion assassins. All right. Number six, one of the ways we can avoid the passion assassins is to plan for success. Plan for success. Why do I say plan for success? Because you either do one of two things in life. You plan for failure or you plan for success. What do you mean, Tony? How can I actually plan for failure? Well, you've heard it before. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. We've all heard that. But if you don't plan, you're basically planning for failure. And there's nothing more draining of passion than failure. Now, you're going to fail in life. You're going to fail. In fact, if you expect to fail in life, you're probably not going to drain yourself of as much passion as you would if you don't expect it. You know, succeeding is nothing more than overcoming one failure after another. Nobody succeeds all the time. In fact, we fail more than we succeed. But we can fail a whole lot more than we need to if we don't plan. So plan for success. The operative word here is plan. And believe me, there's grace for when you fail, but you're going to also need gumption. You're not going to just get everywhere by accident. You've got to live a life on purpose. You have to plan. The scripture says, save yourselves from this untoward generation, Acts 2 and 40. Save yourself. You know, a lot of times we're crying out for God to save us, but the scripture says, save yourselves. Now, what is the word untoward? That's a King James word. I'm reading the King James word. Save yourself from this untoward generation. U-N-T-O-W-A-R-D. It means towardslessness, towardslessness, not having a goal or a direction. It's interesting when you study the meanings of the word untoward, it means directionless, twisted and perverse. Now, notice that those those definitions, those synonyms or definitions have a progression to it. Directionless, twisted and perverse. If you don't have a direction, you're going to develop a crooked pathway. If you don't have direction, your life is just going to go any which way it goes without any control or mapping or purposeful steering. 
save yourselves from a directionless life, which leads to crookedness or twistedness or confusion, which eventually plunges you into perversion or wickedness. Being goalless leads to diversion and diversion leads to perversion. So you, you got to have a plan. Now, I talk a lot more about planning and strategizing in episodes 20 and 21, making your dream a reality. You need to go back and listen to that because that will really help you just understand the whole idea of mapping and planning. You know, some people say, you know, eh, God doesn't really want me to plan my life out. He just wants me to default and and fall into his perfect will and and just wait on him and he'll tell me where to go. And those people end up nowhere. I really break all that down. God gives you permission to make a plan. God gives you permission to make a plan. So go back and listen to episodes 20 and 21. And I talk a lot about planning in those two episodes. But one of the key words I want to talk about today is consistency, consistency, being consistent, planning for success. And one of the best things you can do in planning is consistency. Anything will work to a certain degree if you maintain consistency, doing the same thing over again and again and staying on the path. Now, I know that sometimes we get into a pattern of our lives where we're doing the same thing over and over and we're not getting results. You have permission to change it up. And we're going to talk about that on our next point. You have permission to change. But I think so many people abandon the plan in their life because it's not working for them. They'll say, well, the diet didn't work. But you know, the truth is, is that you didn't work the diet. Hey, guys, you're going to get truth when you come here. So, you know, just buckle up. You know, the truth is most of the time people abandon the plan. Stay on the plan. I, I want to encourage you that if you stay steady, For 21 days on any one given habit, you'll develop a new habit. 21 days, they say, keep, if you can do it for 21 days without deviation, three weeks, you're going to start seeing results. But the plan for success works like this direction. You got to have a direction. You got to have a plan. You got to know what to do each day for a certain amount of days, for a certain amount of weeks, for a certain amount of months, and you got to stay consistent. That's discipline. Then you got to stay determined and that'll bring you into success. So the formula for success, and I know it's not, this is a general, this is a generalization. There's so much more involved. I don't have a whole time to talk about planning for success, but these three things equal success, direction plus discipline plus determination equals success. You got to plan for it. You got to tell yourself, I am going to be successful and I'm going to stick on a plan. And one of the best ways you can plan for success is find other people who have made plans that have worked for them. You'll have to tweak it. You'll have to make some adjustments because nobody is the same. Everybody's a little different, but one of the best ways to plan for success is to connect with people who have succeeded and ask them what they did and how they got there and ask them to help you map it out. This will bring you into success. If you plant your seeds with solid determination, dig the hole, fertilize it, water it, watch over it, expose it to the light. That's a message in itself right there. You're going to be successful. Now, does that mean you're going to be the number one in the country or the world at it? I don't know, but success doesn't always mean being famous. 
Success means being influential. In other words, when you come into success, real success is building something that will influence and help others. So this is one of the most powerful ways that you can, because man, nobody wants failure on a regular basis. You don't have to keep failing over and over and over again. You can stop failing and start succeeding by planning for success. And I promise you, this will stop the drain and the extra outflow of passion in your life. All right. Number seven, as I mentioned before, we were going to talk about this. One of the greatest ways that you can avoid the passion assassins is to prepare for change. You need to tell yourself to get comfortable with change. The Bible says in Romans 12 and two, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're transformed when we renew our mind, renew, refresh, change it up, do something different, go a different direction, quit doing the same thing over and over and over again. So as you plan for success, number six, eventually you're going to have to make some changes in your life. I always say God accepts us as we are, but won't allow us to stay that way. We're always needing a periodic upgrade in every area of our life. Now, I want to tell you it's good to be relevant, but not relative. I'm not saying change, you know, your your core values or your convictions or or those things that need to stay the same. The foundational truths of your life, having Christ at the center But there's things that we can do to be relevant to our culture. Churches need to do this. People need to do this. Organizations and businesses, they they say that if you don't adapt, you die. You have to make changes in your life. You can't be that grumpy old man or that grumpy old woman that refuses to change. You got to quit guarding the past and be willing to brave the future. And again, the choice is yours here. But you will find your passion draining when you find yourself living in yesteryear. I want to be on the cutting edge of what God is doing in every area of life. If you want what you've never had, you're going to have to do what you've never done. And I want that to be the case for my life. I don't want to just always be stuck where I am. You know, in life, you're going to be stationed by God, but you don't have to feel stuck. It's a difference of being stationed like this is where God has me. This is the assignment for my life. I am going to pastor this church until God tells me. Otherwise, I'm going to stay at this job until I feel a change coming and and know that it's time for me to make a course adjustment. I'm going to stay connected to this until I hear from the Lord. But there are some times when the Lord is saying, you've heard from me, it's time to change, but you can still be doing something for a long period of time and get unstuck. It's just, you know, sometimes the journey and the joy of the adventure is changing it up, being willing to do something different, go out and buy a pair of pants. That's different than what you've ever worn or a new style or a new hairstyle or trying something different or going to a new restaurant prepare for change discipline yourself to mix it up you know take a different route home sometimes that can be a refreshing change of pace don't get stuck in a rut that you've created yourself prepare yourself for change which means start doing some things different and then you won't be so scared of change when the big things come 
because you are going to change. I don't really like change sometimes when my kids come and tell me they want to do something different or go here or do this. And my wife wants to do something different or move the furniture around. I'm like, it's already fine. Why do you want to move it? You know, but I'm here to tell you, you need to prepare yourself for change because the one constant thing in life is change. That's the one constant thing in life. The one thing that never changes is change. And if you're not preparing yourself for it and you're not praying that God would help you prepare yourself for it, you're going to lose some passion when change comes along. I would like to encourage you right now, get excited about change. Quit dreading it. One time I was coming into a new position and a new place in ministry and I actually dreaded it. It was a good thing. It was a needed thing, but I was dreading it. And I kept saying, and I just dread this. I just dread this. And I heard the Lord speak to me specifically about it. And he said, quit dreading it. Get excited about it. It's your perspective about change that will help you move into it and grow and be ready for it. And you know, sometimes God doesn't change it up for us when we're desperate for change because he knows we don't want it. You got to crave it. You got to ask God for change sometimes. God, I'm ready for change. Help me get ready for it and start being willing to accept it when it comes. You Again, you got to be transformed by the renewing of your perspective. You'll never transform if you don't renew your mind about it. So number seven, a powerful way to avoid the passion assassin in your life is to prepare for change. Hey guys, we've got just two more to go, two more ways to avoid the passion assassins. And uh, before we talk about it, I just want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. There's a place right there on Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe and leave us a review. Leave us a generous review. Give us five stars. It'll help those algorithms work in our favor and help us uh, increase our platform to share ways that people can discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. Living the 360 life, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life life and have it more abundantly. We want to show people how you can put grace in every area of your life and the practical things, things that people face every day. We're excited about it. Want to remind you also to visit us on YouTube. Tony Sutherland is our channel. We talk a lot about grace and uh, all of this works together to help you um, just having the, the abundant life that Jesus promised you. So let's jump back into this and we'll finish it out talking about the last two ways that we can avoid the passion assassins. All right, number eight. This one is hard for me. Number eight, one of the best ways for some of us to avoid the passion assassins is to play often. Play often. Now, I'd also like to add a word onto this play and enjoy it. Because so many of us, we try to take those breaks and those vacations and those little moments where we can pull away and disconnect from all the work and all the career and all the business stuff and leadership and ministry. But the problem is we don't enjoy it because our minds truly aren't disconnected from what we consider to be the most important thing in life is our job or our career, or our ministry. But I, I'm here to tell you today, guys, you can you can stay connected to the important things, but disconnected from the urgent things. Your family is urgent. Your kids are urgent. Your marriage is urgent. And I'm encouraging you to play often. And and you know what? Your well-being and your passion 
is urgent. And you don't know this. You may think that you're getting a lot done, but if the passion is draining out of your life, you're getting nothing done. You're becoming ineffective. And I believe that work is better when we work from a place of rest and enjoyment. We need practical disconnection from work, from business, from career, from ministry, because many play and don't enjoy it. You know, there's times when, you know, I, I have a social event scheduled or a fellowship or, you know, uh, food and fun with my team or even, you know, uh, in, in a ministry event and, and I haven't disconnected and I'm walking around observing and making sure everything's done right and correcting things in my mind and making sure that the food is placed on the table just right. And that, you know, the, the, the forks and the knives are straight and everything looks good and I'm not enjoying it. The Bible tells us in first Titus six and 17, God richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. I want to encourage you disconnect and connect to some fun. And, and by all means, quit Instagramming your life and live it. Quit taking pictures of everything. Get off the phone. You know, learn how to be present in the moment with the people that love you, care about you, want to see you. They want to see you succeed and, 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 and go to the next level in every area of your life. But you got to come down every now and then. You know, when you go on a date, leave your phone in the car. I do that from time to time. It's detoxifying. It's pleasingly enjoyable to leave your phone after a while. You know, one time when I went to Disney with my family, I left my phone in my room for five days and man, I connected. You know, so many get frustrated. They just stop enjoying life. Don't be a frustrated player. Take time for hobbies and special interests and what makes you tick? I have something that makes me tick. Literally, I love watches. I love everything about collecting them and learning about them and watching them on YouTube and reading books. And I have a pretty extensive watch collection, not really expensive, but it's something that I enjoy. It kind of helps me disconnect and detach from all the stuff that requires my attention at night. You know, um, you know, it, when I get home and, and I'm done with work before I go to bed, I'll watch a YouTube video on watches and just Get into the little details of that. It's fun for me. Don't take yourself and your job and your ministry so seriously. Um, learn to rest. The Bible says Jesus often withdrew from the crowds, from his ministry. You know, lack of rest is one of the main causes of depression. This is scientifically proven that lack of rest and enjoyment and fun makes you a grumpy, depressed, miserable person. So many have gotten to the point of depression that they don't even want to have fun anymore. It's a cycle. You got to force yourself to get away from the office and get into the hearts and lives of the people that are important to you. Learn how to have fun. Learn how to check out. Get off your phone when you're watching a movie with your family because it's going to drain your passion. It's going to assassinate your passion. And you know what? It's going to assassinate the passion from the other people in your life. So play often and enjoy it. I promise you, this is going to help seal up the leaks in your life from draining all that passion out. And finally, number nine, persevere through adversity. Persevere through adversity. Galatians 6 and 9 says, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. Guys, 
you gotta you gotta keep going. You gotta tell quit. You gotta cancel the quit. You gotta look at quit and say you're canceled. There's a lot about canceling things in this day and age we live in. You gotta cancel the quit. Your goals aren't moving toward you. You gotta keep going. Often nothing else moves you closer to your goals and dreams than good old fashioned perseverance. I love what the Bible says in Romans 4 and 20. He's speaking of Abraham and Sarah, and he's talking about Abraham here specifically. And he says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I love that. He says he staggered not. And it didn't say that he didn't stagger. It says he didn't stagger at the promise. In other words, he kept believing the promise. Oh, sure. Abraham had all kinds of issues. He, he lied and he cheated and he was presumptuous and he was impatient and he tried to divert the plan of God and manipulate the situation. Abraham is nothing close to perfection. And I find that interesting that Jesus often refers to Abraham as our father, father Abraham. He was the father of grace. And, um, and he tells us that Abraham did not stagger at the promise. Abraham believed the promise, but he staggered sometimes. He failed sometimes. It's not going to say that you're not going to stagger, but just keep trusting in God through it all. Setbacks are only going to happen to those who are moving forward. If you're not moving forward, you can't get knocked back. If you're moving forward, you're going to get knocked back from time to time, but that's a good indication that you're moving forward. So don't lose heart. Persevere through adversity. Adversity is a great teacher. I call it the university of adversity. Adversity introduces you to God all the time. Every time you get in in a, in a, in a presumptuous situation or a sticky situation, look to God, let God introduce his goodness to you and his miracle working power and his faithfulness to you. Every time you come into adversity and persevere, don't quit. Tell quit. You're canceled. Because sometimes the road gets tough, the ministry gets hard, the marriage gets challenging, the kids get rebellious, your health goes through challenges, all of those passion assassins come at you at once, and sometimes you can knock them all off your back by just saying, I will not give up. Because it tells us, as I just read in Galatians 6 and 9, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we don't grow weary. Last year, the Lord told me last year was my year of new beginnings. And every once in a while, I misperceive what new beginnings are. I think new beginnings are, you know, a financial breakthrough or a, or, or a, a ministry opportunity or a big platform or a great big open door or some huge explosion. But new beginnings come in the form of seeds, folks, seeds. God told me last year, This is your year of new beginnings. And I planted some seeds last year. I tried some new things. I did some new things and I'm persevering and I'm trusting God and I'm not giving up on it. And God gave me a promise. He said, don't lose heart, Tony. Keep going for in due time, you're going to reap if you don't grow weary, if you don't give up, if you don't stop. Persevere, my friend. Keep going. Keep trusting the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's got great things planned for you and you'll miss out if you give up. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't let the passion assassin of adversity steal your passion. Persevere. Trust God in due time you're going to reap if you don't grow weary. Persevere through adversity. Hey guys, that's it. We did it. 
three episodes on avoiding the passion assassins. Man, I hope this inspired you, motivated you, challenged you, gave you some encouragement. And if it did, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a generous review and share it with one or two other people in your life that need to hear what you've heard and uh, go back and listen to these from time to time and get more and more encouragement. I can't wait till the next episode. I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but it is going to bless your socks off. It's going to be powerful. I can't wait. And until then, we'll see you.